At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Alvarado, right corner three, nothing but net. He was falling out of bounds. And he was covered. I didn't think that was necessarily a very good shot. I didn't either. That's a no, 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 yes. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented, as always, by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by... The bubbly Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, because today I think, you know, it's a new day. We, we've had some time and uh, and, you know, we've we've gotten our vitriol out. And, and the thing is, there's news to break. We've got a jam packed show today. Uh, I got to say, we recorded an interview with Mr. Mario Jerez and Juan Carlos Ramos. They are our home Spanish broadcast team. You can hear all the home games at Tropical 105.7 FM. Great interview with them. Our own Aaron Summers also has an interview with CCI Productions' Arthur Boisfontaine. Going to get to that a little later. And uh, just so much to catch up on, Jim. Uh, I know you've been sitting there just uh, fingers flying, man, trying to keep up with all the news, uh, trying to keep up with all the keys to the game. They are myriad. Uh, This one seems like a – I know we keep saying must win, but, man, other teams keep losing, and it keeps – being a must win. Yeah, the good news is that as we sit here Wednesday morning, the Pelicans are still in the top 10, so they would be in the play-in tournament. The bad news is that if they lose tonight, they won't be still in the top 10. So like you said, this is a very crucial game. Um, Tuesday afternoon was very interesting and mostly not in a good way, honestly, because of the injury updates that were provided as well as the injury report for the Portland game, which specifically added uh, multiple players. Um, Jose Alvarado is going to be out for the next few weeks. Larry Nance is going to be evaluated in a couple weeks. Josh Richardson and Jonas Valanciunas were 
added to the injury report, yeah. and they're both listed as questionable, so hopefully they can get on the court. We know neither of those guys likes to miss games. Jonas has literally only missed one game this season yeah. and had a goal of trying to play in 82. So hopefully those guys will be able to play. But, yeah, it was quite an eventful Tuesday between the, the last time we talked and, and as we recorded this this morning. Yeah, and so so we recorded the interview with Mario and Juan Carlos before the Jose Alvarado news broke because we did uh, talk about Jose, and I didn't want it to seem like uh, you know we were out of step, but uh, that was recorded before that news broke. And, uh, you know, just, just got to hope that Jose can get back. It's, it's a surprising injury, I guess, to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Nance, it's one of those things where, you know, you hate to see it. You expected him to be out. But just the way he went down and the way he was carried off, able to n- put no weight on it, I'm just glad to see that it isn't more severe sure. uh, with Larry Nance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jonas is a warrior. I know Josh Richardson is going to try to get out there. But uh, I think you're going to see. We talked about depth in the early part of the season, you know, all season long. And we've had a lot of guys that are now going to be fresh and we're now going to need them to, to play real minutes. I guess we're going to see. And here's the thing. I mean, when a team goes through a losing stretch, this is any team in the NBA, you're going to see fans, people who follow the team start suggesting different guys play. I mean, really they might be in a situation. We don't want it to be this way, obviously, but where some of the guys that haven't been able to play at all lately due to lack of opportunity, are going to be on the court. So it's the people that have been clamoring for, you know, player X and player Y and player Z to get more minutes. I mean, I think I, I noted yesterday after the injury updates came over that worst case scenario, which would be basically that Jonas and Josh can't play tonight, that the Pelicans only have 10 available players. So you got 10 guys in uniform. You need two lineups, basically a first string and a second string. I mean, everyone who's in a Pelicans uniform could easily get on the court tonight. So, um, some of the tweets that we've been seeing, I mean, it's going to be time to kind of put up or shut up mm-hmm. as far as players with chances to play. But, I mean, that's the only silver lining. We've said this a million times. Just more chances for guys like Billy Hearn and Gomez. I mean, a lot of these players have done a great job when yeah, they Jackson have. showing off some athleticism. Sure. Uh, you know, actually yep. playing some some decent defense, mm-hmm. you know, when he was out there. And, and I think you're going to see him uh, – Flying around, it, it's going to be interesting. Everyone with their orb, who was who was creating lineups, myself included, we're going to get to see how those lineups work, yep. and uh, going to see how this young Pelicans team can can respond. Uh, Zion, good news there. Uh, you know, it seems like he is progressing through his hamstring injury, and he will have re-imaging done next week. Got to hope for good news there because, uh, as we've seen, Zion changes the entire complexion of this team completely. And I mean. If he is able to, and fingers crossed, if he's able to get mm-hmm. back in the you know in the next couple of weeks or whatever it is, I mean, as much as the the most gloom and doomy of us are might be sitting around saying like the way the team is playing lately and the injuries that they've they've recently incurred that you know they're done and that they can't make a push, but I mean, if he's able to come back with a couple weeks left in the regular season, I I do think that changes everything, and suddenly yeah. you would see people across the NBA in the media saying like, okay, look out for this team now. Yeah. Every game keeps becoming a must win game. I keep having this level of acceptance. That was a must win game. We lost it. All right. It is what it is. Oh, well, everyone else lost. Okay. This is mm-hmm. a must win game. All right. Lost it. It is what it is. Wait up. There's still a chance. It, it just keeps moving the carrot over and over. Yeah. You're glad for it. But every time I think I've moved on and kind of <sighs> settled, the Pelicans keep me back. <laughs> and I think, 
I, I joked about this last season a few times on the podcast, but really the play-in tournament, that addition where they bumped it up to the top 10 almost makes it so that you never feel like you have to say sorry, that yeah. you're keep, you keep getting these extra chances <laughs> that otherwise wouldn't be there if it was just the top eight. Yeah. Although this year, I mean, the Pelicans are close to even like fifth place, which we'll probably get into yeah, I mean, as, later as in the you show. Saw, you know, the, the Mavs it's, lost, it's so the Jazz tight. lost, mm-hmm. the, the Lakers lost. Everyone keeps us, it keeps us right. in it. Uh, so as, as much as you sort of want to go, oh gosh, we're out of it. Everyone's sort of struggling right now. You still have a chance uh, as frustrating as that might be when things go wrong, mm-hmm. it still gives you hope. And, uh, and yeah, we, we talked about it with, with, uh, Mario before he was here. Uh, Mr. Mario Jerez, who's, who's part of our Spanish broadcast team. Now he was here during the very dark days when Anthony Davis was leaving and things were in a shambles. And since then, as dark as things could get now, and it's one thing that I hold on to, and, and talking to him gave me a little perspective, no matter what the worst-case scenario is now, we still have a war chest of draft picks. we still got a mm-hmm. bunch of young guys who are still developing. Like There sure. is still hope to hang on to in the future. And it reminded me, when he was sitting in this chair, and uh, and there was nothing of that to look forward to, right. it, it could be much worse. And so it, it gave me a little perspective, actually, talking to him about those uh, rough times in the Pelicans' yeah. not-so-distant past. I don't think, I mean, we'll see what happens in the last 20 games of the season, but I don't think the long-term projection necessarily is that much worse than what we thought it would be or could be. Um, right for now, I mean, considering there's about five and a half weeks in the season, from a short-term perspective, it's just about what can you get out of the, these last 20 games? Can you still get in the play-in tournament? Can you still extend your season beyond April 9th? I mean, we're going to have plenty of time in the summer to kind of go through, okay, how do things look now? Sure. What they're going to do with the draft? I'm sure this is another thing we'll get into later in the show in terms of what could happen at the lottery in May based on the situation they're in with the Lakers yeah. and that kind of deal. Um, but so for right, many moving parts. Right. Yeah. For I, But, I mean, for a lot of that stuff, we have plenty of time to delve into. For now, to me, it's about just trying to take advantage, if any way possible, to get as much as you can out of this last stretch. That regular season ends on April 9th. We'll see yeah. where they are at that point. Yep, and uh, we just got to lock in. Tonight, it begins. The, the next must-win game in Portland, 9 p.m. We will be on the radio at 8.30 p.m. myself. Mr. Gus Kattengell, your own Todd Graffanini, is going to be on the road. Uh, so we're just tune in for that broadcast, and let's keep our fingers, toes crossed for a win on this Western, Western Conference, Conference Wednesday, Wednesday, Jim. Uh, Jim, so much to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about our Western Conference Wednesday a little bit later. Let's let's get to our own Mario Jerez and Juan Carlos Ramos. They just joined our broadcast team as our home Spanish broadcast. You can catch Every Pelicans home game that they broadcast on Tropical 105.7 FM. Great to have them on board. We talked about what their goals are with the Spanish-speaking community here. And uh, and it's just great to have them represented. Let's get to JC and Mario. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, our new home Spanish broadcast team. We're so excited to have them as part of of our team here, the Pelicans, as we make our stretch run. Mr. Mario Jerez, Juan Carlos Ramos, how are you guys doing? It's uh, it's a weird time, I guess, in, in the Pelicans' uh, history or the season right now to get here, but we're excited to have you guys. Oh, definitely excited to be here. Good to see you guys again, my former yeah. co-workers, yes. Jim and, and Joe. Uh, Pelicans could be playing better right now. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, very excited to kick off the Spanish broadcast and continue working with uh, this gentleman and uh, Victor Quinones, the third member of our team who could not be here today. Juan, I mean, it's been great seeing you just bringing the energy 
uh, upstairs, you know, everybody's like, uh, who's that guy hollering? It's JC. <laughs> Good morning. Buenos dias. Uh, to New Orleans. No, it's great. It's been great. It's, it's been a great ride. These first two games that we did is uh, very exciting for our community, very exciting for the people that, that we bring this uh, type of quality. Uh, Entertainment, you know, and it's been uh, it's been fun for me as well to be side by side with you guys for the two games. <laughs> I'm I have, sorry, <laughs> I have not been on the broadcast yet. Uh, my Spanish needs a little uh, a lot of improvement, but I have been seated next to them just coincidentally. And yeah, you did take to, like what five years of Spanish. I did take five years of Spanish. Whoa. Unfortunately, the only thing that I've been able to glean from your broadcast, and I have to apologize for to my Spanish teachers, has been things like Najee Marshall and Brandon <laughs> Ingram. You saying that I get that part of it. I'm struggling with the rest of it. But anyways, it's been fun, um, and JC has actually already apologized to me a bunch of times for being yes. too loud. No need, no <laughs> which I've said, don't apologize. I love the energy. We need Absolutely. it as much as as we can possibly get it, and it's been fun. I'm looking forward to sitting next to you guys. I'm sure they'll have me right up there nearby for the rest of the season. But yeah, we need all the loud guys. Everyone knows Jim <laughs> yeah, is yeah, super I'm out loud. Of control. I'm bombastic. Yeah, I'm just, shirtless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. get used to this yes. guy. But um, I mean, can you guys kind of describe um? What was the background behind this in terms of bringing this back? I know the team had Spanish radio back in the day, and and now it's returning. What, what was kind of the story behind getting this back launched? Well, um, I had the privilege that I did it with the uh, Hornets, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when Mr. Benson bought the team, uh, 2013, we came back. The only reason is basketball is very popular worldwide. Latin America watch basketball every day. If you go to Spain, uh, websites and... Europe, um, so basketball is bigger than football, mm-hmm. and our Latin community has grown a lot here. We're about 20% now in Jefferson Parish, so, mm-hmm. and we think it's going to grow more, and we hope it's going to keep growing, so we want to start early, so when that generation is growing with us, just like they, they did with the Saints, so we expect them to grow uh, with the basketball and the NBA. Yeah, for sure. To Juan Carlos's point, that Latin population that he's talking about that's really grown has definitely forged a bond with the Saints and that mm-hmm. franchise here. And this is kind of a new experiment. We had to figure out the business side of things and whatnot, but we hope to build that same connection with the Pelicans because, like you said, basketball is an international game and the Latin American population specifically uh, really loves the sport. And I'm sure they'll grow to really love the Pelicans. No, absolutely. And that's what we hope so. And, and that's the thing we talk about on the radio a lot is – you know, we love seeing the kids showing up to games and, and getting them in early. You know, right, see, seeing right. people like grow up with the Pelicans in the background of their lives, especially hopefully a good Pelicans team. And to have that that Latin population, to be able to have that sort of voice uh, for for their younger generation, right. having the Pelicans represented uh, in the language they speak in the background of their lives, it can only grow the fanship growing forward. Now, Mario, you talked about it. You, you worked here before and it was great uh, seeing you back on the uh, broadcast team again. Uh, I know you you were here during some, uh, I think, weirder times yeah. uh, before the Pelicans. The AD year. Oh, yes, no. yes. <laughs> and, and so you can you can sort of you can sort of see the difference between now and then in terms of how stable the organization seems, the attendance in the arenas. I mean, you saw some dark days. 
Uh, I mean, what are you looking forward to down the stretch? And, and, and what are the differences you see in your time with the Pelicans? Oh, man, it's night and day. It's funny you mentioned, Joe. I was in this studio the day David Griffin got hired, and I was recording the interview while he was in this very seat talking about <laughs> his visions for the team. And there have definitely been some bumps in the road, but all in all, they've built a really good culture here. And like you said, that, that hasn't really been necessarily the case with this franchise the whole time. Mm-hmm. Not only did I used to work here, but I grew up a fan, you know, season ticket holders, since 2008, the year they moved back from Oklahoma City. So, uh, Willie Green. Another weird time, yeah. <laughs> yes, another. It's been a lot of weird times, but yeah. hopefully we're into some good times. And I know presently the team isn't playing great, but all in all, they have a chance to make the playoffs back-to-back years for the first time since, what, 09? Mm-hmm. Like, you definitely see the progress uh, with this organization. It's very exciting to see, and we look forward to bringing that to life for the uh, for the Spanish-speaking audience. You guys talk about how, and Joe said this as well, just the importance of the the younger fans i feel like one of the conversations that we've had over the last few years is the saints are such a generational fan base yeah you have people who grew up here and their grandparents were saints fans maybe even so at this point it's great grandparents that were saints fans as well um the pelicans are not there at that point but i feel like the younger demographic you can see that the popularity of the basketball team and the Pelicans is just continually rising. We have people who work here even that right. grew up that maybe are in their mid twenties right now. Gross. That, that grew up with the <laughs> Pelic with a basketball team in the yeah. city. So it's not a new thing to them. But I mean, do you guys get a sense from just the Spanish speaking community in the area or in the city, just the level of popularity that the Pelicans are have have grown? Is it something that is really like steadily increasing and something that is part of you know the idea that to, that it was important to have Spanish radio. It, it is um, Spanish radio is. Uh, let me give you a just perfect example. So during Katrina, uh, people was calling the station and they won a game. They were looking for either relatives and people they were missing, and the mm-hmm. radio was a key a key uh, moment for the radio. So um, going back, what you say. So we have now Latin players like Jose Alvarado. Mm-hmm. So our Hispanic community, they go embrace this guy. That's why basketball is so different because we have so many international players. They come. I do a daily show, mm-hmm. 12 to 1. It's going to be very, very interesting, all these international players. that They go and compete, and most of them, uh, they go and go through Europe and go end up here in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when you're young, you kind of fall in love with the sport a lot of the times. That was certainly the case for me. And, you know, getting into the NBA, this was my team because it was my home city. Right. Guys like Chris Paul and, you know, David West are why I still follow basketball to this day. So now with the games being on in Spanish, if they're consuming it in that manner, hopefully it could do the same for, for some of the Spanish-speaking kids, to, to Jim's point. And they can fall in love with guys like Zion, B.I., and that can kind of get them uh, into the yep. game and kind of kickstart their passion for basketball. I mean, and that's the thing we talked about, you know, wanting to grow it and and wanting to grow uh, the fandom of the ever increasing Latin population here. Uh, I mean, what is what is your long term goal, you know, with the broadcast? What would you like to to bring to it as you look at the long view uh, of of the broadcast? so I've been this I've been been doing this for a long time. So uh, Mm -hmm. I started in 99 with the Saints uh, and we saw the growth. You know, we went to the Super Bowl. So they became fans. They became super fans. And those are like. He was saying, so all those grandpas now, yeah, they still listen to us in Spanish. Um, maybe because we bring more, em- more emotion, you know, like Mario saying, oh, so, you know. Yeah, there's a crackle. So there's the, a the, crackle. The crackle yes. that we have, you know, the, uh, the Latin romantic language, you know. Yeah. We roll the R's, you know, so <laughs> everything that we do. Is sh- so 
Um, it's the same thing for basketball. We want to grow with the community. We want uh, the people in New Orleans um, to know that they have a Hispanic registration. We want to be their home. And like Mario said, so we go and go through challenges and pain. Yeah. But uh, we'll make it work. Yeah, those growing pains are integral. I mean, Mario, you haven't been in the business as, as long as Juan Carlos here, but uh, you know, you, you're a, you're a young buck uh, making your bones right now, and and you've seen a different side of it here. I mean, do you have any long term goals? You know, do you, do you bring a different aspect to it as a as a younger gun here? Oh well, at the end of the day, it's NBA play by play. You know, that's prime experience. As you know, ultimately, that's what I want to do. Have yeah. a fair amount of experience. You know, LSU football in Spanish, yeah. the Saints games Saints, in Spanish. Yep. I've freelanced. I've dabbled. I've done stuff in English, college football, college basketball. So personally, for me, I hope to use it as somewhat of a stepping stone but it's also a great privilege you know to, to get to get to yeah. be able to do this and hopefully uh grow grow the game or, and uh, grow that connection with the spanish-speaking fans here in the franchise the same way we did for the saints so yeah. i hope to play a part in that i try really hard to prepare for the games and like you said it's certainly a different challenge like yes. i've done basketball play-by-play before but basketball play-by-play in spanish much different than basketball play-by-play in english so yeah. like y'all are saying some growing pains but we just all uh, want to do the best we we can game in and game out and hopefully we look up and, and we're able to have some success the same way we have with the uh, the saints broadcast yep. so let me tell you one more thing uh i do also the marketing for the saints mm-hmm. for all these years yeah and i go through several coaches and we've seen it all but uh we managed to survive all these years so mm-hmm. which is is, is the, the main point one of the things that you mentioned earlier juan carlos that i was curious about and really interested in was you mentioned the local popularity of jose alvarado as yeah. well as billy Hernan Gomez. I mean, we see when you go to the arena or you just walk around town, Jose's popularity is through the roof and it's like with everyone. I mean, yeah. especially with younger kids. Younger kids seem to, if you look around the, the, the on game nights, you see a, p- a bunch of kids wearing his jersey and his t-shirts and stuff like that. But I mean, what level from what you guys have seen is Jose at in, in terms of the Spanish speaking community in this area in terms of just how beloved the, the guy is? Um, well, I mean, social media like everybody else, I guess. So we very public figures on that aspect. And I see a lot of Hispanic people, they, they hang on the autograph. They go buy a jersey, mm-hmm. and they're so happy showing off, like, oh, this is my grandkid and me. We got this thing signed, yeah. so it's so exciting. Uh, I think it's big. Um, like I said, he's from Puerto Rico, and, mm-hmm. well, the brown New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's from Puerto Rico. But he's a very charismatic person, so I think that, that helps. And that helps with the kids. So when, when you're that type of person, it's, it's, go, it's going to grow in the community. Yeah. yeah, Jim and I talked to his coach, and, and we were talking about it, you know, in, in terms of, like, being a, a role model for the kids. Jose is a normal-sized guy. He's not uh, some Adonis. He's not, right. a, a, you know, a, a Giannis Atenacumpo. He is, a, let's say, he's six foot, to, to be nice. Uh, but but he is a guy that, that other kids can aspire to in terms of hustle, grit, try hard, loving the game. Uh, he's not crazy athletic. He's not huge, but he's a guy that you can look to as like, hey, you too can do that. And it feels like he's a, he's a great pillar uh, for you guys to be able to point at it in the Latin community. It's like, for, hey, you you too. For sure, por cierto, you know, uh, <laughs> Jose uh, and, Bill, and Billy too. You know, representation yeah. is everything. So whether you're an international guy and you know that's the route you want to go, you want to pursue basketball, you could look at, at Billy as an inspiration. And like you said, if you're more like Jose, if you made it out of the slums to an extent, the way Jose did, you know that that's something that they could aspire. 
too as well. So representation is really everything. And I think a lot of the fans already uh, really admire both Billy Hernan Gomez and Jose Alvarado. Those guys are very yeah. popular. We're looking forward to having you guys all season long, basically up there uh, next to Graf. We're going to see who hollers <laughs> louder during the games. Uh, I guess it depends on how things are going. Uh, yeah. Some of the some of the some of the bad times. I think you guys may be able to bring them up. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope for we're for, undefeated right now. We do not that. <laughs> let's hope for not that many bad times. Let's not go so far as to put you on the hot seat and say what are they going to be seating wise. But what do you expect to see from the Pelicans down the stretch? What do you hope to see from the team? That you can broadcast to the people. I hope to see him get healthy, first and foremost. But as far as controlling what you can control, I think this team is capable of playing a lot better than we've seen in the last 25 or so games. And the NBA season is really long. Like, a lot of people don't see that it's not like football. Like, there's still almost a quarter of the season left. I think everybody needs to make adjustments. The coaching staff, the players, the veterans, the young guys. Just collectively as a team, they need to play better. Basketball is a very fickle sport. I think right now they're slumping to an extent, but Mm -hmm. regardless of of who comes back, who's healthy, who's not, I think this team will play better down the stretch, and they'll be playing meaningful basketball in the postseason for the second straight year, which, if we're keeping perspective with this franchise, is a big deal and and something that I think should be acknowledged. Yeah, perspective is something you've got, JC. I mean, you were here all the way back when they were the Hornets. I know. You've seen seen it all. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, you know, you've you've weathered the storm. I know there are a lot of new Pelicans fans who kind of hopped on board early when things were going well. And sometimes, some for some of them, this is the first time they've seen some adversity. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what can you tell them? I think it's um, it's two different things. I think when Sion is in, it's a different Pelicans. It's a scary when the, he goes under the pain and he yeah. he wins all the rebounds. Uh, besides that, I think it's a lot of basketball left. Like you say, injuries play a, a big, big, big role in the NBA. It's a lot of games we had. At one point, Ingram was out, uh, Sion was out, so a lot of people were injured. But it's not an excuse, though. You got to go through it. You got to you gotta go through the whole season. But I think 40 is the magic number. Right. Okay? Let's say playoffs, yes. Yeah. And then playoff is, hey, it's crashing, let's go. It's from zero, you know? Yeah, it's so, a lottery ticket. So we'll see what happened last year. So mm-hmm. the Suns came in, they, th- they thought, oh, it's going to be like a walk in the park and they got the run for the money. Yeah. And I, and I know you guys are coming in, obviously, in March. So, I mean, there's a lot of games left, but it's, yeah. it's about a quarter of the season or so. Right. We yes. really need to get you guys playoff games. That's what I think is the best way to kind of launch this this uh, broadcast operation is to get you guys in there for the I, most yes. important I think games. that's what we're here, to push a car and make it to the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love Let's it. Make the push. And I you're coming it. in on a good one. The, these guys will be coming in during the Mavericks game, so it's a yeah. good chance to come and see the Mavericks uh, playing at home, and these guys are going to be up there in the Raptors. You'll be able to hear them. Uh, Mr. Mario Jerez, Mr. J.C. Ramos, uh, look for them. They are going to be with us all the rest of the season. Let's hope for better times. Great talk with Mario Jerez and Juan Carlos Ramos. Glad to have those guys on board for this season. Going to be an interesting perspective, interesting broadcast that they bring. Speaking of interesting broadcasts, Jim, you know, one of my favorite things is as as much of a bummer as that Magic game was, uh, being at home was great. Seeing some of the fans uh, was great. I have some regulars that come wave by the window. They bring their kids and stuff, and I try to clown around with them. That was awesome. But my favorite thing was seeing our own Mr. John DeShazer back in the radio broadcast chair in the color analyst seat. 
uh, man, he brought a different energy, and it was just it was just such a ray of sunshine to see him in the building, man. And you know, sometimes Joe, from time to time, you refer to me as the Rock for you in this podcast. Yep. I feel like JD is like legitimately a real yes. Rock. He's really somebody that you can lean on. I love listening to his wisdom, and we're so grateful and pleased to have him back in the mix after what he's been going through. Yes. Um, just brings a a lot of positivity. I love listening to all of his morsels of wisdom. So just awesome to have him back on the mic. Got some great little jabs too. always forget about those nuggets that JD drops in there. I'm like, man, he just sprinkles it in like salt base. Some of the (laughs) best lines you'll ever hear. And uh, just great to have JD back. Cannot state enough how glad I am to have John DeShazer back on board for home games. Uh, Our own Aaron Summers, our radio sideline reporter, uh, caught up with Arthur Boisfontaine of CCI Productions, Great interview about how they're transitioning from imaging to the production side. Check it out now. Arthur, thank you so much for joining me on our podcast today. It's it's great to talk to you because you have such a good insight into a lot of what fans see all the time when they come to our stadiums and the arena to watch the Pelicans and the Saints play. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good. We've been really busy working on a whole bunch of branding projects and you know ready for more. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the signage and, and what you do provide for both the arena and the, the stadium. Yeah, so we um, pretty much cover everything that you see in the, in the both the, the Caesar Superdome and the Smoothie King Center. So any wall that you see, graphic, fabric, decal, you name it, flags, you know, the 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 heads or signs that people are running, you know, up and down for the fan experience. You know, we handle all that. Okay, so it's the physical signs, the signs that are the digital ones, everything. It's, it's the physical ones, but you know, we're 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 changing in in the way that we've done things, and we're moving um, more into the digital world and and really forward thinking. So we're you know we've we've gone from. We've had a, a name change just recently. We're formerly known as Crystal Clear Imaging, but we felt like that didn't really uh, portray who we are now. Um, you know, we are CCI Productions now, and with an emphasis on on one division called CCI XL Printing, which will would be design, fabrication, and installation, and then CCI Film Studios, which is TV and film production. With the addition of the film studios, are you going to build a production studio? We're we are in the midst of doing a whole bunch of things there, so that's uh that's coming soon. And what type of of work or clientele would you like to draw? You know, we're we're looking into the to the film business. You know, there's two billion dollars worth of films being produced in the next couple of years, and you know, looking at the economy and. The way things are shaking out, you really, um, you know, we hope that we're going to, that everybody's going to be good, but we want to make sure that we pivot and stay ahead of the game just in case. So we've, we've been really good at the, at, at pivoting, uh, at, in key moments. And, um, we just thought that this was a great growth opportunity for us. I do feel like every time I drive around, I see a film production underway. There's so much, whether it's a TV series or movies or stuff done in that capacity here. I think that the culture in general is just really big on the arts. And I think that's, it's cool to kind of tap into that a little bit. It is. And it's, it's here to stay. The state's done an incredible job um, 
making sure that the incentives are there. Louisiana Economic Development Group works really hard. GNO Inc., New Orleans and Company. You know all the all the the, the groups that work work hard to make make our city, you know what it is and what it could be. When did your relationship start with the Pelicans and the Saints? So the. I tried to get the Saints for for a while, but I was struggling with that. And um, during Katrina, they moved to San Antonio to kind of get their feet under them, as we were all doing the same. And it was the city was pretty empty, and uh, we never stopped working. Uh, we were fortunate, you know, we lost our houses and different things like that. But at the same time, our building was was up and. You know, we had power relatively quickly, and um, and when the Saints came back to New Orleans, I was on the doorstep, you know, ready to ready to talk. So uh, we started there, and then we were a big part of the Superdome renovation, mm-hmm. and um, you know, pretty much every sign and graphic needed to come out, and it was a, a daunting task. Um, actually, it was a little scary because <laughs> it was, yeah, we can do it, and then you know, you get into it, and it's 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 a, a, it's a monster, and. Um, and but you know we that's where we really um, understood who we were, and who we are, and moving forward who we're going to be, and you know we are a company that just gets things done. It doesn't matter what you need, you tell us what you need, and we figure it out. What have been some of your favorite moments in your relationship with this organization? Um, I've had a, a bunch of them. I, I think one one of my favorite was was right around that. Um, that time when we first started, mm-hmm. you know, just, just coming in here and, and, um, you know, they just drafted Reggie Bush and, um, you know, just being a part of the culture and, and knowing that to getting to know the people. And, you know, we, one of the things that I really pride myself on is one of the biggest accomplishments of my life was, was getting the, the Lakeview playground back up and running and, you know, for 1200 kids across the city who didn't have playgrounds. And um, that was done with the help of, of you know, the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. and, and the personnel here. And, you know, we did a, a project where, where the NFL um, came in and it was their big commercial that was going nationwide, you know, the United Way uh, campaign and commercial. And it was Drew Brees and Pierre Thomas and all these, these superstars that, you know, of that great, class and um and you know the nfl came in and they fitted every single kid in the city of new orleans um, we worked with you know different people um, we worked with uh even brought a basketball court from Peja Storyakovich helped us with that and um and it was just a you know we wanted to, we we made sure that we let everybody know we're not building walls we're opening doors mm-hmm. and um and we 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 got all the kids in New Orleans in a position to where they could compete and, and play football and basketball and all the other sports. Yeah, and you're doing this rebranding now, which is continuing to open up new doors for you, mm-hmm. other opportunities for people here in the area. Why did you want to s- kind of start something new now? Well, you know, there's a there's a lot of people that know me know know that I'm I love the metaverse, mm-hmm. and um, and there's something that we call digital. It's a physical and digital world, and um, and I felt like you know there's a big opportunity with the film side, but there's also an opportunity now with 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 the way that the world's changing and COVID uh, really excelled that, and um, I feel like you know there's an opportunity to to not only 
you know, work and, and add the film and TV production and, you know, some of the design fabrication installation pieces, but also start to build, build CCI productions in the metaverse, which is going to be super exciting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're expecting by 2030, they're going to have 700 uh, million people in, you know, and this is all coming from McKinsey and company. So the, they're, they're pretty accurate what they say, but 700 million people are going to be in the space. It's going to be a four to $5 trillion industry. And we feel like we have an opportunity to really excel. It sounds really exciting. Definitely different than you know what I do on a daily basis. I definitely deal with real things. <laughs> It'd be cool to see how you continue to develop that. And obviously I want to tour when the studios are all set up. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. What's the next big project you're working on? Uh, we're working on a lot of stuff in the Superdome, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's some things that we're working on here at the training facility. Um, and, of course, we're getting ready for February 9th, 2025, which is Super Bowl. And um, I know it seems like it's far away, but it's really not as yeah. far as it's it's kind of right around the corner for us. Um, and But we start to, to prepare and in, in advance and um you know it's all for us it's all about preparation and integration so we do the, all that in advance mm -hmm. and um, really start that planning process yeah that makes sense well i appreciate the time today letting me know a little bit about the company and how you guys are moving forward thank you so much appreciate it big thanks to aaron summers and arthur boifontaine of cci productions uh jim it is Western Conference Wednesday. As we alluded to before, uh, it is always one of my favorite days of the week. And uh, you've always got sage perspective on Western, Western Conference, Conference Wednesday. It's a Western Conference Wednesday indeed. Uh, Jim, it was, uh, I retweeted it this morning. Uh, it was, I don't want to say funny. It was really funny. Uh, to watch Anthony Davis get dunked on from behind, watching the, sure. uh, the Grizzlies overtake the hobbled Lakers. And uh, as we talked about in the beginning, it, it just seems like every time we, we feel like we've lost hope, the rest of the Western Conference keeps us in it. Yeah, there were a lot of surprising um, outcomes on the scoreboard last night. And, and, and really, I mean, if you want to talk about Western Conference as a whole, the biggest news of the last couple of days definitely was LeBron James being sidelined and that he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I heard it pop. Those four words just rippled across Twitter. Right. He still ended up playing the rest of that game, though, which was crazy. Yeah. But um, they said he's going to be, I guess it was Sham Sharania reported that he's going to be looked at again in two or three weeks. Obviously, no one knows how the Lakers are going to be able to fare without him. I mean, yeah. they've added talent. We've talked about that before. They definitely did a good job. But now you have to deadline. rely on Anthony Davis, a healthy sure. Anthony Davis down sure. the stretch, and, and we know how much we've been hurt by that. So they've got to be uh, feeling a little shaky right, right. now. And they, it, the first game without him was not good because they lost to the Grizzlies. They play OKC tonight, which is a very key game. I mean, OKC's Tough not that team. far behind the Lakers in the standings either, but they haven't had Shea Gilgis-Alexander, so that's another complicating factor but I mean one thing to talk about specifically the Pelicans too I mean obviously the Pelicans and every fan is rooting against the Lakers for a myriad of reasons but yes. the biggest might be just that the Pelicans have swap rights in the draft with with LA and 
it, it does seem very hard to imagine that there's a way that both the Lakers and the Pelicans can get in the playoffs. If if either of them make it, it's probably just going to be one of them. So based on right. the swap... So one's going to be at the expense of the other. Right. It's going to be a tough situation. So based on the way the swap rights work, that means that the Pelicans, you would think it's almost impossible that they won't be in the lottery, that they're going to have a lottery pick one way or the other. So, I mean, that part is huge. If the Lakers could keep dropping a few more spots from where they are in the standings, which won't take much. If, yeah. they, if they lose a bunch of games, there's a bunch... Uh, several teams including the teams I mentioned in the West, but also there's a couple teams in the East that I think aren't that far behind them or have right around the same record. So they could really zoom up the lottery board, which would help New Orleans a ton in mid-May. Zoom, baby, yes. So it's funny. We actually had a, kind of a plan in the works earlier in the season when yeah. the Lakers started off. What were they, like 1-7 and seven or something yeah, like that? It, it was laughable and it was fun And back we were going to have a recurring segment where we kind of give updates each Friday on where the Pelicans lottery status was. Yeah. Fortunately, like everything else, the Lakers had to make it miserable for us and ruin it by starting to win a bunch of games. Yep. But hopefully, I mean, there's about five or six weeks left in the regular season. Hopefully fingers crossed at some point we can debut that segment yes. as we get closer to the end of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, I want some space between us and them because that was fun for a bit. But now when we want to check on the Lakers, all we have to do is take a half look over our shoulder and go, oh, there they are. They're right over our shoulders. Right. Uh, so let's watch them fall back a little bit. Let's hope. Uh, you know, this is a this going to be a big game tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to be a late one. So Pelicans fans, caffeinate yourself heavily. And uh, let's listen to the broadcast tonight with Todd Graffinini. Uh, look, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be one that I we keep saying it. It's a broken record. I know. Uh, take a shot and you'll die if you listen to this broadcast every time we say must win. Uh, but I, I called it. I still called sixth. Uh, I still think we we could we could do it. And uh, I'm growing out my hair. I don't know if you noticed, uh, Jim, mm. but it's because if uh, if we don't get it. I will debut next season with Alfred Payton hair. Old wow. school Alfred Payton wow. hair. I mean, that part of it makes part of it makes me want to see it happen. But right, no. right, yeah. No, I I think you're right. I mean, this is a really crucial game. I mean, even from a broader perspective, they need to win a game or two on this road trip to kind of get back into a, a good momentum and then heading into the homestand coming up. So this is a important game. Um Portland's coming off a of back to back. We had a long stretch where the Pelicans were always on a back-to-back, yeah. and the teams they playing weren't, so the teams had a rest advantage. But um, including the Saturday game against New York, which didn't work out too well, yeah. um, there's a bunch of games here coming up where the Pelicans are not on a back-to-back, but the opponent is. So hopefully um, New Orleans can take advantage of that. It's not like it's a long flight from San Francisco to Portland, but right. nonetheless. Still. Um, and the Trailblazers also have a couple key guys that have missed games with injuries. So it's not like New Orleans is the only team in this boat where they're trying to figure out a way to make up for key players being being sidelined. Um, starters, Yusuf Nurkic and Anthony Simons have both been out and missed a bunch of games. Um, those are among their probably top four players. If you add, obviously, Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant into the mix. So, um there's reasons on paper why this is a, a challenging game for them sure. as well. But we do know definitively that if the Pelicans win tonight, they'll be still be in 10th. But if they lose, Portland will inch ahead of them and move into the 10th and bump Pelicans down to 11th. And then later on this road trip, you have Golden State and Sacramento, which are going to be tough. So you add all that stuff together, and like you said, this is a really important game. Yeah, and, and we've seen before the Pelicans have shorthanded beat some good teams. The Mavericks game comes to mind, for example. Just uh, you, you want to see that spark, maybe a fresh lineup, maybe some some must-win mentality from some new guys with some fresh legs can give us that win that we truly, desperately need right now. 
Uh, Jim, I'm going to be locked and loaded tonight, my friend. Sunshine Jim. He came in with a with an Aloha shirt and a like a Jimmy Bahama hat. It was it was great to see. And and thanks for bringing that ray of sunshine in here. I needed it, my friend. No no problem. I mean, you know, we 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 got to just make the best out of the situation. I mean, there's been plenty of time, and we've done it as well to kind of ruminate on some of the things that have gone wrong. Yeah. But I, I also one other thing too. I will add on the sunshine trip. This isn't like a few years ago where you look down the end of the bench and you're like, I don't think any of these guys are really going to be able to help us much. Yeah. This is a situation where I do have confidence in some of the players who haven't played much lately. I mean, you can uh, the debate about who should play more, et cetera, is one thing. It's going to get worked I, out. I soon. think a bunch of those guys, though, like whether or not you think they should be playing more or should have played more recently, guys like Dyson Daniels, Kyra Lewis, I have confidence in those guys that if they do get a bigger opportunity, that they will be able to play well. The, the depth of the team in terms of 10, 11, 12, 13th man on the roster, I do think is the best it's been maybe ever since I've been here. And that will be put to the test. So I'll have to come back here yeah. on the next show or next week and say whether I was you right or wrong. Alfred Payton hair if you're wrong. <laughs> let's, let's right just, or wrong on that. Everybody so, yeah. will know that when the Pelicans podcast is rolling through, when they see the hair yes. uh, just rolling through the crowd. Uh, but look, let's hope we're not wrong. Let's hope we don't have to do that to ourselves and everyone else. And uh, look, I, I, I feel like the Pelicans can shock the world still. Let's get going. We are the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Big thanks to Arthur Boafontaine, Aaron Summers, and Mario Jerez and Juan Carlos Ramos of the Spanish broadcast team. Catch all their broadcasts on Tropical 105.7 FM. Catch us tonight on your radio dial. 99.5 FM, Gus Kattengell and I will be on the pregame tip at 9 p.m. in Portland. Let's get it. Jimothy, I am ready. And go back. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. That's a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. 
sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.